Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Robert Morris. Robert Morris serves as senior pastor of Gateway Church, a multi-campus church based in Dallas, Texas. He's a best-selling author of multiple books, and his television programs air in more than 190 countries. And now, Robert Morris will explain why Christians should be good financial stewards. He'll offer biblical principles on how to reach your financial goals and live in abundance. Let's dive into the message. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for joining Beyond Blessed. And I'm talking about how God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. And I really want you to catch that because so many times when pastors use the word blessed, Uh, It's like the enemy tries to make us think we're talking about materialism or some sort of hyper-prosperity message, and that's really not what the Bible talks about. And I I wasn't even planning on saying this, but I'm just going to tell you there are, there's a Hebrew word in the Old Testament, Old Testament written in Hebrew, the New Testament written in Greek. The Hebrew word for blessed means to help you carry a load, and it even means up a hill, like to get behind you and to help you carry a burden up a hill. And the, the Greek word for bless is makarios, and it means uh, happy. When Jesus said in the, uh, in the Beatitudes, blessed is this person, blessed is this person, he was saying happy. So there's nothing wrong with being happy. There's also nothing wrong with being blessed even in our resources so that we can bless someone else. And that's really what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about living beyond blessed. Living beyond blessed. In other words, we're so blessed that we can help other people. So uh, the way this book came about that I just released called Living Beyond Blessed, years ago, uh, James Robison, who has a television program, it's right here on TBN, asked me to come on his program and teach on giving. And the reason he asked me that was, he said, Robert, you teach giving in a way that sometimes it's not taught. I I teach that we get to give, we don't give to get. And I think that's very important to understand. And God does bless us when we give, but he blesses us when we give with the right heart. And so James asked me to come on his program, and um, he asked me also if I could write a book. And I wrote a book called The Blessed Life. And that book literally has has gone around the world and helped spark, several pastors have told me this, a a generosity, a movement of generosity in the body of Christ. But after I wrote that book, um, I started getting a lot of emails and people were saying things like, hey, uh, pastor, I'm I'm giving, but um, I still have credit card debt. And you have to understand that I, I was raised by a giver and a good steward. My father owned a company. 
and he was a very good steward and he was also a huge giver. So I was raised with principles of stewardship. I actually thought that everybody just kind of knew that. I didn't mean it wrong. I just, because that's the way I was raised, I thought other people were raised to understand that it all belongs to God and we need to steward it well. And so when, when Debbie and I began to give and give generously and sacrificially, I, I, I had a savings account. I was paying my bills in advance. I had money set aside. I was being a good steward. What I found out was a lot of people were never taught that. And they're not rebellious. They're not rebellious. They just never have been taught how to handle finances. So I've been wanting to write the sequel to The Blessed Life for many, many years now. And now I've finally written it. And that's really what Beyond Blessed is. It's the sequel to The Blessed Life. So I want to tell you a little bit about living beyond blessed and living a blessed life, a generous life, a beyond blessed life. All right. So here's point number one. Point number one is it takes two legs. Now, this is what I mean by that. I named the first book, The Blessed Life. I didn't name it The Blessed Wallet. So it wasn't just about finances. It's about a life. And a life walks on two legs. You know, right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg. I don't know if you've ever seen the old cartoon character, and they, they I, don't, I don't even, I just remember this one part, but uh, they nailed one of his shoes to the floor. <laughs> and so the guy was actually, you know, walking like this, just, you know, going around in a circle. I, for some reason, I remember that. Okay, that's what it's like if you're generous, but you're not a good steward. You're just going to keep going in circles. It's also what it's like if you're a good steward, but you're not generous. You, it takes two legs to walk a blessed life. It takes generosity and good stewardship. Think about this. Why would God bless someone who is a good steward, but not generous? By the way, we call that person tight. <laughs> so why, why would God bless that person? Because his, his um, objective in blessing people is to get the resources to the people who need them. So if he blesses this person and this person's real tight and never gives away, never blesses anyone, why would God continue to bless that person? Because he's trying to get the, the resources over here. In the same way, if a person is generous, yes, God's going to reward that person, but he really can't bless that person the way he wants to because that person's going to waste it, not going to manage it well. A whole lot of it's going to go out of his hands or her hands, and, and he won't even, won't even know where it went. It's just gone. So it takes those two legs. That's, that's what you, you have to understand. It, it's generosity and stewardship. Um, when you think about God, think of the, God has all of the resources, all the resources in the whole world. He owns it all. Actually, he has all the resources out of this world, too. He owns Mars. He, he's, uh, he's already there. Uh, he'll be there before Elon Musk gets there. So, so he owns everything, right? So God owns, he's got all the resources. Think about how all God has all resources. But over here are all the hurting people. 
the, the, the people who can't quite make ends meet, the people who, who need help, they're physically disabled, they can't work as much as they would like to be able to work. They, they're hard workers, but they just can't do. They may, some of them might not have the ability to, to have a better job. Uh, some of them live in the third world country where the economy is worse. Uh, some people, their missionaries need to be sent, churches need to be built. So you got all the, the, the needs over here. Over here you have all the resources. And maybe you've never thought about this, but what's in between? You are. You're in between. Because God blesses people through people. That's the way God blesses. He, he, he channels his resources. He funnels his resources through people. So God's looking for two things. Please remember this. He's looking for a generous person, and he's looking for a good steward. So we, we, we tried to teach our children good stewardship uh, from the time they were young. And I said to all of my children, I have two grown sons, grown daughter, and they're, they're all three married, and we have nine grandchildren, and they're all serving the Lord. But to my oldest son and my youngest daughter, uh, and I'll tell you about my middle son in a minute, but I said to all three of them, whatever you put in the bank, I'll match. Well, they would get like $25 from grandparents, and my oldest son and my youngest daughter normally spent the whole thing. My middle son put everything in the bank, everything. And it almost broke me <laughs> because I had to match everything he put in the bank. He started working part-time after school when he was 12 years old. And so he comes to me and says, now, Dad, you told me that everything I put in the bank you would match. See, he's a good little businessman, too. And, and when I would do chores, that's work. And you even match that. So now I'm working, you know, part-time, and I'm going to put it in the bank, so you're going to match it, right? So I said, yes, I'll match everything you put in the bank. Uh, well, then he started working more hours. <laughs> okay. My son, by the time he graduated from high school, had thousands and thousands and thousands, multiple thousands. I, I don't even say the number because you'd be so shocked. That's, that's how good of a steward he was. And matter of fact, my, my oldest son and my youngest daughter borrowed from him. That's how much money he had. I, I actually borrowed from him. So, so, but I quit because I couldn't afford compound interest. He learned about compound interest. So, um, but he's, so I always knew he was a good steward. I never knew, though, that he was generous because he never told anybody. So when I wrote The Blessed Life, the book, we self-published it. One day this lady came to the church and she wrote me an email, otherwise I would have never known this story. She writes me an email and she said she was going through a divorce and she read The Blessed Life and she gave her life to Jesus. And then she said to the husband who that they're about to get divorced, she said, I will give you everything in the divorce settlement. Everything, house, cars, money, everything, if you'll do one thing for me. And so he was like, sure. And she said, but you have to do it now. You have to, you, have, you really have to do it. He said, okay, I'll do it. She said, read this book, The Blessed Life. So he read the book and he got saved. And they called off the divorce. And we actually saw this couple get baptized. So then she comes to our church to buy 10 copies of the book. And she's telling the receptionist this story about how she got saved and her husband got saved. And she wanted to buy 10 copies for people, her friends who weren't saved. And so she 
starts telling her, and then the lady tells her how to get to the bookstore. She goes down to the bookstore. The 10 books are already on the counter. And so then she said, how much are they? And this lady at the bookstore told her, it's already taken care of. Now, I want you to remember, I never would have known this story if, if this lady had not written me the email and told me. And so she said, well, what do you mean it's already taken care of? And she said, well, did you happen to notice a young man standing behind you when you were talking to the receptionist? And she said, yeah, I, I think he was taking the trash out. And the lady said at the bookstore, he was, that's Pastor Robert's son. And when he heard that you wanted to give these books away, he came down here and paid for them. And I started finding out that my son, who was so tight, <laughs> was actually a good steward. And he, I started finding out story after story after story of widows in our church that he fixed their cars, of single families that he paid for their school supplies. And he's been doing it. And I have watched God bless him in an unbelievable way. He's one of the pastors at our church, but he has a business on the side and makes thousands and thousands of dollars. But he gives thousands and thousands of dollars. Please, if you don't hear anything that I say today, please hear this. We know when we give, God blesses us because he likes to encourage us. But when you get your finances in order, God blesses you. And that's what I've seen. So it takes both. It takes two legs, all right? Here's the second thing I want you to know. Uh, why, why even talk about money? I mean, let's just talk about it. Why, why, why talk about money? Uh, am I trying to get your money? Okay, let me just let you know. I'm not trying to get your money. I don't need your money. Um, if y'all don't know, my father's rich. Not my earthly father, <laughs> but my heavenly father has all the, all the resources I need. So I don't preach on money at our church to get people to get their money. I preach on money to help them, and I know that. But think about this. Jesus preached on money. 16 out of 38 parables were about money and possessions. 16 out of 38 that Jesus told. So why did Jesus preach on money? Was he preaching on money to get their money? No. He was preaching on money to get their hearts. Because he said it. Matthew 6, 21. This is what Jesus said. For where your heart, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, he's actually saying your heart's not there now. But if you'll put your treasure there, your heart will be there. You, you know, if you... Think about this. If you invest in a stock, you'll start going online to see how that stock's doing. But you never check that stock before in your life until you put your treasure there. Actually, some of your heart went. And that's not a bad thing because we're told to invest and do things on earth, okay? But if you want your heart in the kingdom, you put your treasure there. That's what Jesus said. Um, I've tried to help pastors understand this because sometimes pastors downplay giving. It's like they think that they're doing something wrong by asking people to give to the church. I know that I'm doing something right by asking them to give. 
I know I'm helping them. So I was at this church a while back, and this pastor said, hey, if you see anything uh, that we're doing that you could help me with in the area of giving, uh, let me know. So after the service, we went out to eat, and I told him, I said, yeah, I saw something pretty big that you're doing that, that is pretty bad. And, uh, and I know him real well, and so I was being real straightforward with him. And he said, please tell me. And I said, well, when you came to the part of the offering in the service tonight, you said, now we're about to give an offering, but this is not for any of the guests. If you're not a member of our church, you don't need to give. This is only for our members. Now, I knew what he was trying to do. I, I understood his integrity in that. And I said to him, uh, but that's really bad. That's really bad. And I said, what you told me when you did that was that you don't believe that giving is a blessing. He said, well, explain it to me. I said, okay. I said, well, it's the same thing as if you got up and said, in our parking lot are some 18-wheelers full of new clothes from Macy's and Nordstrom's and, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue, and, and, and it's just full. We, I mean, we have several 18-wheelers full of new clothes, and they're all free, and you can take as many as you want. But... This is not for any of you guests here. This is just for our members. That's what you did tonight. I said, in your mind, you don't think it's a blessing to give. And listen to this. Paul said, remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So I said, if you really believe that, you'd say to the guests, and you can be blessed too. You can get in on this blessing. So that's why we talk about money, because it really is a blessing. And uh, here's number three, is being a blessing. When we talk about being beyond blessed or living a blessed life, we're talking about being a blessing. That's the whole purpose. When you think about it, Genesis 12 uh, God said to Abraham, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. That's the whole purpose for being blessed, is to be a blessing. There was a guy in the Bible named Jabez, and he prayed this very simple prayer. It says, Jabez was more honorable. This is 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Here's the Bible calls him honorable. And his mother called his name Jabez because she said, I bore him in pain. The word Jabez means pain or sorrow. That's, that's his name. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me. So he asked God to bless him. And enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil. Watch, that I may not cause pain or that I could be a blessing. Now, now this is very important. So God granted him what he requested. This is the Bible. A guy asked to be blessed, and God answered the prayer. So if it's wrong to ask God to bless you, why would God grant the request? So apparently it's not wrong to ask God to bless you if you're asking God to bless you so you can be a blessing. That's what he was asking. So it's not wrong. And he's even called honorable in the Bible. So uh, I'll give you an analogy. Let's say that... Um, you're, uh, uh, you're in a small community and you uh, have an apple orchard. 
and there's a family in the community and they're kind of always struggling, but boy, they're a great family, great family. And they'll even show up, you know, at harvest time and help you gather the apples. They bring all their kids with them. And he's a mechanic and he fixes uh, widows' cars for free and he blesses people when they can't afford and he, to do it. And he tells them, you just pay me when you have the money. Um, and he's just a great guy. And because he's such a great guy, the dairy farmer gives him milk and the chicken farmer gives him eggs and you give him apples. And, and he's just a good guy. He's a good guy. Then one day, another family moves in, and they're hard workers too, but they kind of barely get by too, and you think, you know, I need to help them too. And then another family moves in. And then you look at this field that you have that has all these rocks in it, and you've never planted that field. And you think to yourself, you know, if I cleared the rocks out and tilled that ground, I think I could plant more apple trees, and I think I could help more people. And so you do that, you, till, you, you clear it out, you plant the seeds, and then you ask God to bless you. Here's a real simple question. Is that wrong? No. But that's what the devil has taught us as Christians. The devil has said, when you ask God to bless you, that's materialism. You're just thinking about this world. That's materialism. No. It is not wrong to ask God to bless you so you can be a blessing. Amen. Let me tell you something that happened to me. Debbie and I were driving one time and we were on a road trip and I got this kind of hankering for, um, this sounds so bad and I was thinking of some other way I could say it, but you'll, uh, you, it'll get around to good, okay? So you hold on, if you're watching, don't change the channel because it's gonna get to good, okay? <laughs> but I got this desire for this drink that I like, okay? All right, now stay with me, okay? Um, and I'm going to tell you what it is, but it, it's Dr. Pepper with peanuts in it. <laughs> uh, who said ooh over here? Because I, I heard it clearly. I heard ooh from clearly, okay? So let me just take a little poll. How many of you have, have you ever heard of that? Dr. Pepper and people put peanuts in it because he ends. Okay, how many of you actually like it? Just a few. How many of you think it's the most disgusting thing you've ever heard of in your life? Okay, all right. All right, that's, that's good. That's fair enough. Okay. So about twice a year, I just kind of start thinking about it. I'm, I don't have to go to classes yet. You know, I'm Robert Morris. I'm an addict. You know, I don't have to do that, but I just like it. So, and the reason I'm telling you this is because I had to go to the counter to get it. A lot of times when you stop for gas and go to the bathroom when you're on a road trip, you use your credit card, you pay it at the end of the month, and you just go in, go to the bathroom, come back out and leave. But I had to go to the counter. So I went to the counter, and there was a lady counting out coins. And it was a dollar and 32 cents. No paper money, a dollar and 32 cents. She bought a dollar and 32 cents worth of gas. Think about that. So I did what any of us would do. Any of you watching, any of you here, I did exactly what we'd do. I went out and I said, I want to buy you a tank of gas. And all of us would do that. We, if, you're, if you're a believer, you love to do stuff like that. And, um, and it was a lady about my age, and she had her son and daughter-in-law with her. And then I had a $100 bill in my wallet, and I, every now and then, I, when God tells me to, I do that. And I said, and I want to give you a $100 bill. And the, they started crying. 
and th that it was the son and the daughter-in-law. And they said, why are you doing this? And I said, because I used to be on drugs and I was really messed up. And a guy told me about Jesus. And Jesus has changed my life. And every now and then, he tells me to give $100 bills to people to remind them that God loves you and he has a good plan for your life. And after I did that, this woman, the mother, gave me a hug and she whispered in my ear, you will never know how much this means to them right now. You'll never know. That is living beyond list. But I had to manage my money in such a way that I could pay the credit card at the end of the month and that I could give $100. This is so important because every one of you sitting here and every one of you watching want to be generous. You want to be generous. If you're born again, you want to be generous. But many, many people say, well, but I can't be generous. I got all this debt and I got all these bills and I can't be. You can be if you learn what the Bible says about managing your money. You can have more than enough. And when these opportunities come up for you to bless someone, you can be a blessing. You can be beyond blessed. What that means is, is that you have enough for you and you have enough for your family and you have enough to bless someone else. Don't ever forget that. Beyond blessed is you have enough for you, enough for your family, and you have enough to bless someone else. I want to pray for you. Lord, I pray that all of us would catch this revelation that you desire for us to be a blessing. Therefore, you desire to bless us so we can be a blessing, but we have to manage our finances well so we have the funds to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Robert Morris. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.